Welcome to the J. Kim Show, Hong Kong's first dedicated podcast on investing in Asia. It's no secret that Asia is home to some of the most dynamic, innovative, and game-changing companies in the world. Join us as we survey the land to find the most profitable investment opportunities that will allow you to capitalize off this next wave of wealth creation. If this is your first time listening, thank you for stopping by. This podcast is produced with the goal of providing actionable insights with every single episode. And now, onto the show. All right, so I am sitting here today with James Giancotti once again. Uh, I think you are one of the. I think I've only had two or three guests that have come on my podcast twice, and uh, so you're amongst an elite few. I'm excited. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you should be honored. You're like a <laughs> hall of famer. Um, I'll just give a quick introduction for for those of, in the audience that haven't listened to episode 38. Uh, I suggest you go back and listen to that. That was when James first came on. James is a lawyer by training, a former investment banker at Goldman Sachs and J.P. Morgan. He's a successful angel investor and venture capitalist. And he's now uh, tried to basically roll up his sleeves and he's uh, working on a startup. So he's the startup founder and CEO of Audup, which is a rating system for startups. Um, and like I said, he's one of the rare repeat guests on the podcast. So uh, we're excited to have you on. And uh, I'm really excited to talk about your brand new business business lines that you are building out as part of the Audup ecosystem. So um, before we get into all that, give us some quick background for for uh, for the audience listening in and, um, and, and, and lead us down a path of why you decided to actually roll your sleeves up and get your hands dirty and actually build a startup, which is actually much, much harder than being an investment maker. <laughs> Yeah, I missed the days of where my biggest challenge was looking at my BlackBerry at Goldman Sachs because <laughs> when I took a holiday, it was a holiday. Now, um, I have one day off and that's Christmas a year. Every other day I work. Um, and I only take that day off because everyone else on the planet has that day off. So, um, But to sort of give you a bit of overview of where I came from, where I started from and where I got to, um, I studied law because my father thought it was a good idea. Um, and so I got a law in intellectual property. But the first thing I wanted to do was to save Nabster at the time. That's where I got involved in tech. So, um, you know, cut long story short, worked as a consultant, sort of never practiced law, but used it in my work. And then, um, you know, I came to Hong Kong for love, the love of JP Morgan and money. And, you know, <laughs> come, I cut long story short, worked at JP Morgan for the 2008 crisis. That was a tough time to be. Moved to Goldman in the research department, but I always actively uh, in the startup space, investing in companies, uh, making a good return out of them, and really sort of being passionate about building a business. Uh, launched a fund uh, that did really well um, out of that first fund that we did uh uh, that uh, had uh, seven exits out of 10 companies. And wow. the last exit was just uh, uh, butter, which sold to box.com. So um, we did okay. <laughs> the three others are still going. Um, so um, I may do that again one day. But at the moment, one of the things that always frustrated me as an investor was like, you could do this better. You could do this better. You could do this. Why can't I come and help? And I sort of got itching, itching feet. Um, and that's where Odd was born, where, you know, I was writing research papers for myself on, you know, maybe this is a good company to invest in. This is where I see the long-term growth. And then our LPs and our funds said, actually, this is a good bit of a good report. Why don't we do something with it? And Not Up was born. And that's sort of the sort of very quick journey of, you know, how I've got to here after you know all these years of studying. Yeah, it's fantastic. I mean, it's a it's a great sort of background very quite, quite similar to mine except for the high success rate that you've had on your startup <laughs> investing so <laughs> i think mine would have been the opposite or, or even worse um but uh, i just yeah. got lucky jay i just got lucky 
<laughs> well, uh, you know, l luck has a lot to do with investing, but I'm sure that uh, I'm sure that you're a very skilled uh, venture capital investor. Um, so, Audup, uh, give us some little, give us a little bit of background on Audup. Again, uh, for audience listening in, I encourage you to go listen to episode 38. James was one of my first uh, podcast guests uh, when I first launched uh, almost two years ago. So, um, listen to that one. But um, give, give us the give us the quick version of of what Audup is and um, and and maybe you can give us a little bit of a, a company update of where you guys are. Sure. Um, so Audup started out of uh, a need to look at more due diligence in companies. So I come from a banking background where if we want to look at an asset, we'll look at Moody's, we'll look at a stock uh, analyst, we'll see if it's a buy, hold, sell on startups. But what we found in the marketplace at the time was there was just no startup information where people actually had a choice. You saw a lot of information such as the annual lists, the crunch bases, the world where you find data, but the data was very centralized to the US and not really to Asia. And so I also saw Asia as a lacking market. And so Odup started from from that, let's get the data and let's get a rating system in. And that was very much similar to what I did at, uh, at Goldman Sachs. Uh, what Odup does now is rather than rate startups, you rate startups and everything else. So we look at, uh, you know, startups, we look at the sectors, the ecosystems, every single company, every single country in the world wants to be the next Silicon Valley. Let's put them to the test what and ask how they really are ranked. Um, we look at regions, we look at subsectors and investors because um, as you talked about previously about investors, you know, we're only as good as the children and the children are um, the startups that we invest in. And so we, we get access on all the ones that we do. Um, now we've sort of gone from being that rating company to more of a data insights provider. So most of our work has gone from initially being the B2C mark, which was for the angel investors, mm -hmm. very much to now the institutions. Right. Um, and you know we cover everything and we've just ventured into ICO and crypto ratings uh, late last year, which is good. Um, and we found that uh, uh, the client base has changed dramatically, particularly in the last uh, three or four years that we've been doing this. Um, an update on what we're doing now, uh, we're just in the, the throes of finalizing our Series B, which is always a long <laughs> and a hard process to all the entrepreneurs out there. Start early, start hustling hard and keep on going. Um, and we'll make announcements shortly on that. Um, Fantastic. And, uh, uh, but yeah, we're launching multiple product lines as well. Yeah, so um, I'm 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 really excited to dig into those product product lines. And um, before we do that, I know that uh, you know you mentioned that there are a number of different firms and and uh, I guess users or um, or subscribers to your data um, and that use your insights sort of on a daily basis, uh, including some of the large service providers such as Bloomberg and and Thomson Reuters. Uh, which I think rebranded. They're called Refinitiv or something. They like that. are. Yes. <laughs> no. um, can you explain your partnerships with them and maybe some of the other large media uh, companies or, or service providers that that you guys are working with? Sure. So um, I can talk a bit about uh, effectively how these big institutions use us. Um, and so there's two main reasons why uh, we've sort of gone into partnerships with Bloomberg and Thomson Reuters. First thing is the data in uh, data. So a lot of their own applications need parts of our data to fill in. So it could be something like a late stage company like an Uber. Um, they have got high level details and we fill in the rest with a rating score and insights. The second part, and this is on both those platforms, um, is an app. So we have an app as part of the Icon Store or as part of Apps Go, which is the Bloomberg portal. Um, and you can actually subscribe to uh, those apps and you know use Odup 
as you would on odup.com, but actually on the Bloomberg Terminal and Icon. And the reason why we sort of uh, helped do this is actually helped open up a lot of institutional doors. So a lot of uh, customers that we never had before, like corporate innovation programs and kind of um, an M&A and uh, and advisories from big banks can now use us without us going through a six-month process of due diligence on to be a service provider. We just use ourselves <laughs> as TR or, or Bloomberg. And, uh, and that's sort of grown and we've been with TR since 2016 and Bloomberg since this year. That's great. Yeah. And so is it is it just a is it an added subscription that the end user has to pay for that will click it on and and you can then access sort of startup uh, d- data just like the just like the other sort of data feeds that plug into the to Bloomberg. Yeah, right? correct. Yeah. And so most of the most of the work is that so there's some uh, components of Bloomberg and TR which is just add little bits of data. So we're a data source provider. And the other parts is people want specific startup insights and you integrate them within the portal product or the icon product where our app will talk to their other apps. So i.e. let's say they're looking at um, eBay and potential uh, you know, competitors of, e- uh, of eBay and they can look at eBay on one of their apps within icon and then they can look at Odup and see Carousel appear from mm. Singapore. So it's one of those things where you can actually look at how the product will integrate with listed companies and 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 ecosystems and if you look up hong kong hong kong's hong kong tech uh, stocks versus hong kong tech companies you see how that integration works yeah no that's fantastic i, I know that uh, i'm a bloomberg terminal user as well uh, and i use it mostly for public listed uh, companies and and uh, instruments but sometimes when i look at private companies there's very limited data uh, that you can find you know and just it's basically whatever they can uh, scrape off of the internet and, and this sort of thing. So I think it's going to be a good a good thing to have, particularly for startups, because um, that uh, that that data field is or or sort of is very opaque and it's hard to find real data, and then you have to pay for Crunchbase to get further detail. And so I think opening it up is is definitely um, a good thing for the ecosystem. Um, okay, so let's talk about some of your exciting uh, business lines that you're building out. Um, I suppose that this is is were were these business lines was was it an idea that you sort of came about or was it as part of like this master plan when you're looking to scale out up up into you know you're you're doing your series b as you said and was this something that uh, you're you're sort of found you're backing people from you're backing investors from your series a were they were they kind of pushing this as well or was it just all a stroke of genius one night you had this idea you know what i want to build out these other business lines to make this a better wider uh more valuable offering I I always use the analogy of Coca-Cola. And if you just sell Coca-Cola, you're not going to sell much because Coca-Cola, you'll get to a point of um, saturation. You may put a Diet Coke or a, a Coke Light or whatever you have. But you know what happens to all the other brands to build an ecosystem? And so if you were to go to a 7-Eleven or a store, you can buy a Fanta, you can buy a Sprite. And so the way we've always seen Odup is that we're one of those products that enables other other systems. But what we've seen, and particularly what the stroke, what happened was last year when a lot of our angel investors were looking at ICOs and crypto and everyone was on this sort of bandwagon of let's make money on crypto. But we saw it as we may lose a potential set of clients, but we were gaining more. So in fact, our business increased sizably by hedge funds joining and so forth. But we found that actually different what the startup ecosystem is very uh you know it's a very 
uh, it's grown uh, to growing market, but there's also other things as part of that entire ecosystem that we could add. And I've always seen Odup as, uh, you know, multi facets of the business where we would go into multi uh, lines to help build a product that people can go it's a one-stop shop mm-hmm. um so similar to like a supermarket you can get everything in a supermarket that's the way we want to see odd up and so if i was to look four or five years from now even 10 years from now you know odd up to us was is more of you know there's multiple product lines as part of odd up to help different areas of 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 you know achieve what they want to achieve right uh it, it definitely makes sense it, it like i said it, it'll just enhance and make your the overall offering much more valuable, right? So, um, so there's two that uh, you told me about that I'm super excited to talk about today. Unicorn hunt. Mm-hmm. I mean, who who doesn't want to uh, hunt for unicorns? Um, and Aluva, which also is is fascinating to me. So let's talk about unicorn hunt real quick, and then we'll talk about we'll dig into Aluva because I know that's the the one that we're very excited about. Well, we're both excited about both. I guess both of them work with us. So one of the things we also looked at is you know we had odd up as a ratings company and a media company as separate. And that sort of confused a bit of users. Are you a, are you a blog? Are you a, a, a rating company? But as the years have gone through, we found that B2B for Odup is really where our business is at. And so it's more corporates, it's more large scale. But then we were losing B2C customers because that media element wasn't there. Right. And so Unicorn Hunt sort of started as, okay, let's build ourselves a media blog, which is sort of aimed at sort of giving people headlines who A, couldn't afford the product or B, just wanted to sort of keep themselves interested because six to 10 months time, they could be an investor or a mm-hmm. startup founder. So Unicorn Hunt is, is really our media product that's been growing um, day by day. It's been, it's been really a fascinating and, and, and wonderful success for us at the moment um, where we're looking at multiple media lines. So we're starting as a, a blog. We're looking at magazines that fall, fall from this, looking at a TV show that we're looking in 2019 to launch. There's a lot of things on our wow. pipeline. Uh, there's videos, YouTube channels, you name it. So that is going to be more of um, sort of everyone will be able to find that information on startups or crypto or, or so forth. Um, then there's a Louvre and a Louvre is really where it gets even more interesting. And so a Louvre is, you know, our product that is going to serve more of the B2C retail crypto investors because, you know, at the moment you can log them to Odup, you can see every single ICO rated, um, but it's very deep analysis. Mm-hmm. But, you know, crypto is much different than the startup environments. Startups, you've got usually 50 shareholders or less. Um, there's limited information. We do a very much specific way of having multiple analysts and data scientists solve that problem for startups. Whereas crypto, there is thousands and upon tens of thousands of investors in that space. So, you know, you know, Aluva is our blockchain product that, you know, quantitatively and qualitatively rates ICOs, STOs and cryptocurrencies. Um, but we're giving more and we're looking at how the blockchain can actually enable this space and how we can reward customers and users by correct call. So before we venture further down, I mean, you've, you've basically uh, we've 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 opened up. Uh, sort of Pandora's box with this cryptocurrency thing because uh, if you look at what happened this year um, you know I'll I'll just take my experience for example I mean I know that you were harping on about cryptos last year and I didn't listen to you uh, stupidly (laughs) (laughs) I I left a lot of money on the table because I was a stubborn uh, zero cost portfolio (laughs) Jay I was I was extremely stubborn in my in my ways but um, I, I, I I subsequently spent 
you know, the next six months doing a lot of research and just educating myself about the, the space. Um, it didn't, you know, it obviously it helped seeing, didn't help seeing all my, uh, all my friends who knew nothing about anything making all this money on the side. So it incentivized me to actually spend a lot of time and, and research this. Earlier this year, we saw all-time highs of, of cryptocurrencies, you know, Bitcoin 20,000, all the, all the majors. Um, along with that wave up, tidal wave up, we saw a number a slew of ICOs majority of them were are projects that some of them didn't even launch but a lot of them were just useless projects that were borderline scammy or some even very scammy um and that's all kind of cooled off now you know i think it was april may june and we kind of saw the first sort of correction in the market uh markets pulled back so it's been quite volatile up and down Uh, we saw a little bit of a rally earlier in the fall now we're back make making new lows basically um as someone that was just sort of looking at it from from when it was at all-time highs to now uh you know from that short amount of time it's kind of like oh crypto's dead like this is it this is there's you know it's only basically long trended in one direction has been down um so maybe you could give us a little bit of your insights on how you view cryptocurrencies um you know i don't want to get too philosophical about about the whole thing but what do you what do you think about it um is it uh is it here to stay uh is it an actual investable asset class yet or is it too early for that um and then then we can tie in how uh, you aim to help the ecosystem with aluva okay lots of questions there so let's talk about firstly the the viable asset class. Mm. So when I look at cryptocurrencies, I always thought it was a viable asset class. Um, and to give you a bit of history about my BTC experience was um, when I first left Goldman and I actually helped an accelerator, someone was doing a startup which was about you know putting uh, um, private keys for BTC in a Swiss vault. And I thought that was the stupidest idea in the world. You know, I can sometimes be wrong. Um, but <laughs> the guy said to me, if you don't want to invest in us, buy some Bitcoin. So I did. You know, it was 10 grand or less. And it was actually a really good investment. Um, but at the time, there was a crash afterwards. And I thought, oh, goodness me, this is a crap. Well, I lost money, not the end of the world. It's okay. But I've seen panic happen multiple times in this market. But one thing that's consistent is I'm actually looking at the asset class as a flight to safety. Now, I've never seen such volatility in the world in my lifetime than I've seen this year. There's so much happening, um, you know, recently in December, the, you know, the riots in Paris, you know, Venezuela and all sorts of problems. Mm -hmm. Um, You're seeing a world where people are are concerned ultimately of what's happening in the world. And I personally believe the 2008 crisis has just been basically swept under, under the carpet until the real problem happens. And so I'm actually expecting a much more worse thing happening. You've seen stock markets boom in the U.S., I'm very nervous. When things are high, sell, 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 get yourself cashed up and wait. So as a cryptocurrency, you know, I look at cryptocurrencies as I look at startups. You know, 90% will fail, 90, and, and maybe mm-hmm. 10% will get your money back, and then 2 or 3% will just be superstars. Um, and so most of those cryptocurrencies that have happened in the last, sort of launched in the last, you know, two, you know, 12 to 18 months, most of them are crap. Um, and I say this because if I put my startup... Uh, rating hat on I go wow I've never seen any major startups come out of you know Slovakia or Slovenia but you know they've raised 40 million (laughs) dollars why and so but the technology is quite incredible I think it's just it's a game changer 
So as an asset class, what we're seeing, particularly from a lot of investors, is actually, even though the headlines are negative, a lot of people are putting 0.5 to 1% of their, their net worth, typically in the top three. So your Ether, your XRP, and your BTC. And that is actually not changing. And with this low price, you know, as you know, if a person, you know, if you're going to put $30,000 in a startup or $50,000 in a startup, or you can put, you know, buy 10 BTC, you could have probably a better chance of getting some liquidity from BTC than you have with the startup. And so this is actually quite an interesting scenario to be mm -hmm. in. Um, what I do see though, is that the market has become more serious and I look at who is joining the market. Some of the smartest people I worked at Goldman and JP Morgan have gone into blockchain funds. They've gone into blockchain companies. This is where the technology is going. And you know, it's just is really where the, the future is actually holding. It's also with what our customers are asking for. Um, so the apps that we're launching on Bloomberg and and and, and Refinitiv Icon, mm -hmm. which are ICO apps, which is separate to the startup apps, which is basically rating every cryptocurrency and every ICO and giving them a buy, hold, sell, and ultimately, you know, where we see a price prediction six to twelve months from now. One of the things that is clear is that institutions are getting their hands dirty, but very much dabbing their feet in the water, which is the top five, ten currencies. So once mm -hmm. you hit, once you hit, sort of you know, IOTA or Tron, you've gone too far. <laughs> so you're looking at XRP, Ether and VTCs yeah. really, you know, really where they put in their hands. Bitcoin Cash, Bitcoin SV, people are like, oh, I don't understand it. I'm not going to touch yeah, it. Yeah. Um, anything you can do on, uh, on Coinbase is probably a really good starting point. <laughs> um, uh, and so that sort of leads us to where we go in Louvre, where we feel that, you know, I come back from a uh, um, uh, sort of a, re a research analyst point of view and I'm very much aware that you know the way we write, write do odd up is very much like my time in, at Goldman where you know every co public company got a you know buy hold sell every got a future price target crypto we can't do it that way we can give our own view but it's so complicated good point you know tom lee with a 25k yeah, yeah. 15k what the price is 50k uh, price target it's just you know there's bananas feeding bananas so we'd rather let you know what that does though is that a lot of people can you know access this information and provide insights. So when we look at what we're doing with the Louvre, uh, we is very much aimed at, you know, the users actually having an experience and get rewarded with an Alluva currency over time where, you know, like we do with Starmind in, in the you know, the simple equity space mm -hmm. where, you know, if I'm an analyst, my bonus is determined on how many right calls I That's get. That's right, yes. So it works the same thing with Alluva where um, rather than odd up, as uh, being rated as being, you know, did we get it right or wrong? We're going to be part of that ecosystem, but anyone else, yourself, anyone else who's listening to this podcast can be part of this and actually get tokens for this. So it's very much like the star mine type of ratings. And, and we don't think that's ultimately dis, um, amazingly disruptive. It's just that we're moving something that's been around for 30, 40 years into something where it needs to go. So we're moving the technology along with it. I see. Okay. So... So Aluva, um, I, I just want to to get some a, a better understanding of Aluva. So it's it's essentially what you're what you're saying is you're taking the ICO ratings uh, component of Audup, and that's going to be that's going to lie under this Aluva brand. Mm -hmm. Is that right? Um, and then Aluva then allows contributors to rate ICO projects. Is that right? Yeah. So if you put it in a more simplistic perspective, you know, to put in numbers, Aluva deals with, you know, millions of data points and there's so many people who can be involved in it. Whereas, you know, Audup looks at 10,000. Mm -hmm. And so the scale to do that, we can't do that at Audup unless we hire 100, 200,000 analysts. It's just not going to work. Right. Um, whereas in 
by putting the product to actually get a more distributed decentralized viewpoint is that we get rated as well as everyone else does right. so we can have Tom Lee on our platform we can have you know um, uh, John McAfee on our platform giving these ratings <laughs> and if they get it right they're getting rewarded for it as, as I would do it at, uh, at as my job at Goldman or at JP Morgan getting right. rewarded based on the calls that I get right this is super important going forward because we feel that the way research departments are now looking at, particularly in both, um, you know, private and mostly public spaces, is that there's more visibility on how right and wrong you get it. But you should be rewarded for getting it right. Right. But, you know, you should still be rewarded a little bit for, you know, participation. So that's the way we're building Aluva. We will still include our ICO ratings, still include our cryptocurrency ratings, but we're going to be judged like everyone else. And, you know, huh. as we have such a great success rate, you know, it's going to be put to the test. Right, um, sure. And we don't see crypto at this point in time of being, you know, EOS is different than BTC. We see BTC is the granddaddy of everything and that it's a total asset class. So when one falls, everything else falls. But if you're looking at macro sector uh, and location analysis, you'll be able to get, you know, potentially rewards for getting these things right. Yeah, so this is a very interesting model. It's almost, uh, <laughs> it kind of reminds me of, of the uh, like the Forbes contributor model, where you have, <laughs> where you have. Uh, we both you, know about that. <laughs> yeah, <Yes>. exactly. <laughs> um, so, so let's let's walk through like a, a very simple case. Let's say let's just take Bitcoin for example. Uh, Aluva, you're on Aluva's platform. Audit, Audit obviously has its house view of Bitcoin. Let's say a um, I don't know what what what's the the cadence? So is it t- three months, six months, twelve month views? I don't know how you guys split it up. Yeah, we we, we look at a three six twelve okay uh, point, but six to twelve is the sweet spot. Okay. So over time you'll get rewarded more, uh, you know, more rewards is essentially it. So let's say Bitcoin. Uh, Bitcoin's on the platform, Aluva. How walk us through sort of the user experience? Let's say I want to 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 sign up and mm-hmm. log into Aluva because I think that I know a thing or two about cryptocurrency, as as it seems like everyone in that space does. Everyone's an expert, um, and so I want to I want to I want to put put it to the test. I want to see if I'm if I actually know uh, what I'm talking about. So I log in. Is there a sign up fee? Like how do you, how do you join the platform? And then what does that process look like for me to actually go in and and submit my ratings? Do I have to do a write up? Do I have to justify it? Like what what's the what's the sort of uh, the, the the whole procedure look like for for a, an end user? So effectively, a lot of that stuff is actually going to because a lot of the stuff in crypto is going to is free. So you can search on a number of sources and get that information. In Aluva, that information is available to you. What you're doing is in assessing that information and saying this is what i think and so similar to you know ether scan can give you all the data about any ico yes. you know we're not charging for that absolutely not but what will you do from our from our system is actually going okay i'm looking at this token i'm seeing the available tokens i'm looking at the available supply all that information is available this is my best call and then that's where your name will appear and say in six months i think this price is 10 cents and in 12 months i think it's 12 cents and then you'll get a reward fee. So, okay, I've done some work. So it's a small reward fee. But then as you get your calls right, you know, and people use those calls and say, okay, that's, you, know, you got it right, you're getting rewarded as part of ratings mining. So we're calling it ratings mining. So it's a proof of work stake, you know. So uh, you know, basically you do the work, the work comes through and, you know, away you go and you get, you get those, you get those rewards as you're right as opposed to, you know, I'm 25K, it's 15K, it's 2K and so forth and just sort of, 
willy do, willy nearly doing so. It's terrible Australian saying saying. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I thought you're Italian. <laughs> I'm Italian, but I spend too much time in Australia. Um, uh, but I love it to bits. I still call Australia home. Just say that to all the podcast viewers. Um, uh, but you know, from uh, getting back to that, you know, people are getting you know not just getting rewarded, but they're effectively you know getting you know like a, like a pat on the back so as sure. if i've already got tokens and i go you know what i'm following jay kim his calls have been you know really good and and then i'm going to actually contribute more because he's giving me some information similar to what we do in you know the research bank where you, you know go oh, i want to speak to an analyst actually it's 150 dollars for your time That's for an right. hour or a thousand dollars or whatever banks charge i'm going to pay you for that same thing applies. So, you know, what we're doing is is sort of looking at something that works in the public markets right. and seeing cryptocurrency very much as a public market and in and and working with that and and really pushing that uh, that mechanism out to everyone. So everyone can join. Um, it's going to be free to join. If you want to see ratings from people, of course, you'll need to use, use you know, pay via BTC, Ether, Luva, what have you, to see what everyone else has done. But if you want to contribute, it's free. I see. So it's, uh, th- this is this is actually a very um, this is a very novel, uh, fascinating. I haven't seen this in the. You basically gamified this whole thing because I think I think it's going to incentivize people to come on the platform because hey, you can you can earn uh, a Luva token, I guess, uh, at the end of the day, right? And um, so let's say uh, J Kim comes on, and and I think I know a bit or two about crypto, and so. Let's say I get uh, uh, my call right on Bitcoin. Uh, let's say I get it spot on <laughs> and even better than up score or ICO score. Uh, so how do I get uh, rewarded? And then what can I use then with that, with that reward? Does it just uh, add up in a bank? You know, how do I, how do I get, uh, how, how can I spend that reward? Okay, that's a great question. Well, look, the beautiful thing about what we're doing uh, by the time we go live is that there will be, a live will be on multiple exchanges outside of um, the up ecosystem. So you can actually exchange it to BTC, you can use it in whatever form you want to use it. But the one part of the Yacht Up ecosystem is that you know you can use it for Unicorn Hunt. So let's say you want to, you know, um, you know, advertise on one of our media platforms, you can use it. If you want to buy a subscription to Yacht Up, or if you want to use it just to see what everyone else is doing in uh, in Aluva and want to buy the premium package, you can use that. But we're working with multiple big partners that will make the announcement shortly, where you can actually use it for other things. Because I'm a big believer that a lot of the projects that have built tokens have built the tokens with a very singular um, method of you know sort of reward and a very mm-hmm. singular method of how to use it it's sort of I can only use it one way um, but I'm an airline guru so I spend most of my time <laughs> on, on on Cathay Pacific flying everywhere and I use my Asia miles everywhere um, and if I can use it to get a flight that's usually the main thing I'll do but if I can use it to buy hotels or maybe a laptop or an iPad or something like that, that's also good. So we see the same thing with uh, that Luva token where it can be used on multiple ca- occasions as opposed to just, you know, just the odd up ecosystem. So we'll be growing it out. And as we launch more products in the um, ecosystem, you'll be able to use it on that and that and that. We want to make sure that the, the token has value for the people who, you know, use it. That's a great analogy with the airline miles. And then, of course, if you wanted to to cash out, you could just go to an exchange and convert it to fiat and, mm-hmm. and, and be done with it, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. We, we, we'd rather you not and that's sort of be part of the ecosystem. But, you know, we, we understand that people, you know, we, we want to build the Aluva platform as similar to what YouTube is doing, where people, you know, can have professional jobs being an analyst. And, you know, having worked at a, as an analyst, as a, you know, at a bank, I can tell you that, yes, you know, it's a great job, but if you can do the same thing and, work your own hours and sort of build a presence about it that would be wonderful for us to build that platform around that
Um, I'm I'm interested. I'm I'm excited to see see this product launch because I think that the way you're going about it is is uh, is audacious, uh, and and it's it's clever, but it's also audacious given what's happened in the last twelve months. Um, using that as sort of a you know a pivot point, what what are your sort of views on the market? going forward you know i mean there's there's a number of things that are happening behind the scenes right now um in addition to sort of this price act, weak weak weakish price action that we're seeing across cryptocurrencies um you know there's there's all this talk there's so much so many rumors it's funny when 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 we talk you know from day to day uh you've told me before that you just kind of you don't pay attention to a lot of those news sources anymore because a lot of them are just garbage anyway um and and it seems like all this the 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 crypto news that used to pump coins and stuff like that they've they've lost their their uh their their effect as well um 2019 what do, how do you see the market playing out um you know there is allegedly institutional investors on the sidelines waiting to put their money in there's backed that that's getting ready to launch sec is looking at potentially approving uh, one or a handful of etfs um i feel like from different conversations i've had with different people that that is going to happen, but it's a matter of who wants to take the reputational risk first from the big boys, whether it's Fidelity or whatever, what have you. Um, and that could potentially be a source of uh, the next bull run for cryptos. Uh, what do you think about that? And um, and of course, I'm going. You know, I'm going to ask you what your Bitcoin price prediction is <laughs> for the end of next year. So, <laughs> yes. Um, okay, let's do. Okay, let's take the price prediction towards uh, the end of that um, that question. So, where I'm seeing things happening is pretty much what you know. I'm talking to the OTC providers. I'm talking to the people in in the know, um, and I'm spending a lot of time with people who've been there, done that. Not the people that have sort of built a YouTube channel, you know, last year, sold BitConnect and, you know, try to make a lot of money and good luck to them and it all failed. And sort of that's where the major retail sort of, they were getting their analysis from YouTube. So I'm looking at a, uh, it really from the people that have been there, done, you know, done that and were part of the real hard slog to get to where they are. And without question, you know, we're seeing institutions buy BTC because they're buying it from OTC. So you're not seeing it from the, you know, the standard response from, you know, your standard, you know, Coinbase's mm-hmm, of the world mm-hmm. or your Binance's. People are buying and they're buying big. Um, in Hong Kong, I've seen some incredible amounts of transactions happening on OTC. People are buying and they're holding and not worrying about it because most people see it as just sort of a property scenario where they buy it now, everyone's panic in the streets, there's capitulations, everyone's worried. They're buying it going, you know, what's what's three, what's $30,000? Let's just sit there and hold it. And they will sell it and have a zero cost portfolio soon enough. So when I'm looking at the industry I'm actually nervous that the industry gets moved by these backed announcements or the SAC announcements. It's a very US-centric thing, mm-hmm. whereas I feel that blockchain is very much an Asia thing and the US is sort of dragging itself behind. Um, I the, the adoption is happening here. Um, you know, I was asked this question recently, you know, you know, it's, you know, QR codes are so interesting. And I said, well, you know, if you've been to China for the past five, 10 years, you would have seen it. <laughs> Every time you use WeChat or yeah. WePay, uh, sorry, or Alipay. Yeah. Um, and so this is not a major thing for us. Where I'm seeing the massive changes now is that there's a lot of money in the infrastructure. 
and a lot of money in that in that in the in the way banking is going to change. So when I look going forward, I think that we're at that bottom of that market. Maybe there's still a bit of more blood on the streets to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the Bitcoin Cash SV was a bit of a disaster, um, but you know more people have been buying lots of it now. So we may see sort of lows in in February, Chinese New Year around that time. Mm-hmm. But um, I think next year is going to be a slow growth. Um, it's the long road up. I do not think, and maybe I'll be quoted on this, I do not think we'll hit a high in 2019, 2020 I do. Um, but you know, as we've spoken privately about this, I do think Bitcoin is Yahoo of 1990s. Right. And so it may get to 100,000, it may get to 250,000, but if it does, if uh, there's another thing that comes that's better, you know, there will come and people will jump on that and people are trying to do that. But BTC for now, we're 1995 and Yahoo's king. And yeah. that's what BTC yeah. is. It may hit 250. Um, uh, it may hit more than that, but it's it's still the uh, you know it's still Yahoo, and then we're still in the 90s. Sure, sure. That's it. That's a that's a good analogy. I, I you know the one thing I do appreciate James about when I when I ask you privately for uh, crypto advice is is that you 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 always tend to give uh, a very sort of conservative estimate because I think that a lot of people. You know, I mean, you know the phrase "talking up your own book" because you yep. used to be a finance. I mean, all these pundits that we see, I mean, they they all are long massive amounts of Bitcoin. So it's like, of course, you're gonna go out there and say it's worth two fifty in five years. You know, uh, so I always have to laugh about that. But uh, yeah, I, I think um, you know, going forward, it, it's gonna be really, really interesting to see how the the crypto sort of ecosystem evolves i i tend to agree with you i think that bitcoin now has evolved into being uh, sort of the digital gold uh, use case more than anything else uh but yeah you know i mean it, it could eventually just become a relic you know it could be like that one friend that you that still has like an AOL, aol.com email address <laughs> like you know <laughs> that, that, that's basically what what's AOL yeah, exactly. i hear on the, exactly. on the podcast <laughs> <laughs> so um yeah i'm excited i'm excited to see how how everything pl- uh, plays out um one more question on aluva there's i think there's i don't know there's 200 or so that are uh, icos or that are sort of active and live and somewhat legitimate that are being uh listed on coin market cap and these sort of things how many of those are you actually going to have on your platform uh, that can be rated every single one okay um we know that there's going to be some, you know, people who use our platform and get good tokens because their price target action is going to be good. When they look at a people use scam coin, I would call it as a startup that's never going to work. Um, uh, they're going to do quite well out of it. But you know, over time, you know, I've been looking at the charts of you know where you know coin market cap has gone for the past you know five six years, and I see XRP still there, mm-hmm. BTC, you know. There was weird ones in 2015 or 16 where there was made safe coin up in the top 10. <laughs> but, you know, you see the standard ones still there at the top. Um, and so uh, we were going to list every single uh, coin and there will be thousands and thousands more in the future. But hopefully over time that, you know, a lot of those thousands will die. And um, same thing happens with Odd Up where, you know, we have like, let's just use Hong Kong because that's where we are now. Um, you know, we have a thousand, two thousand, three thousand startups active at this point in time where most people just concentrate in the top 30. Um, and they're the, you know, your big names. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so with unicorn hunt, unicorn hunt and Aluva, uh, 
any can you give us any guidance on timing and when you're going to roll out those two parts of your businesses so uh, Unicorn Hunt is live in a beta format you can go to unicornhunt.com um, the media elements outside that that's going to happen in 2019 throughout 2019 where we'll be looking at um, uh, you know sort of the TV show is interesting. <laughs> it's actually a lot of work. <laughs> um, it's scary at the same time. Um, that's why I've been spending most of my time at the gym every morning just to make sure I don't look so big on camera. What, can, uh, you, can, you, can you tell us a little bit about the TV show? Yeah, I can. We're looking at ultimately looking around the world uh, of how startups work and operate in each world, in each in each part of the world, uh, meeting founders um, and sort of making it a bit like a travel lifestyle uh, type of show. Now we'll have interesting segments in that because we ultimately we're unicorn hunting. We're looking for the best companies, but one of the things that uh, that sort of the idea came around and the name came around um, from you know being in the valley. F- on and off and a lot mm-hmm. of people being very you know siloed around sand hill road and you know 20 miles up and 20 miles south of that space and going you know things are happening in china we don't know about whereas we want to look outside of china where we see huge growth markets like south america uh, africa middle east where you know there's some huge opportunities out there where you can find a unicorn hunt and no one will know about it and in two or three years people are going you know what's that grab you know, and yeah, you know, right, or what's right. Diddy? You know, yeah. and one of the things that was inspired was we wrote a report when we first started Odup of why we thought Diddy would kill Uber. And I remember in the Valley, people going, "You don't know what you're talking about." Um, you know, Uber's number one; it's going to be the only problem it has is Lyft, and but they didn't understand China, and so of course Diddy became number one, and Uber sort of that was a Merry Christmas that they had for that one, but. You know, one of the things that I think people want to know is actually now being in a decentralized world, there's lots of opportunities around the world and the world is growing at a rapid pace. Um, And so that's where Unicorn Hunt's going to come out. So that TV show is going to be interesting. We're going to have not just my ugly face in front of, we're going to have lots of other beautiful faces, more importantly. Um, But we're excited about that and we wanted to make it really good. um, So... You, you're probably like the third or fourth person that, and I'm I'm glad you're actually doing this because, um, and and my business partner, we we even talked about this two years ago. We were like, you know, what'd be really cool is to do the Anthony Bourdain of startup. You know, like that's the, that's <laughs> the analogy. Best way, that's, best way, way that's, to say, yeah, yeah, exactly right. Yeah. And then, and it's funny, like we talked about it, and then when I launched this podcast, I was approached by some people uh, that wanted to do a video. Thing, the same sort of thing and of course uh you know talk is cheap obviously first of all video is expensive yep. oh yes it is yeah. <laughs> which you i'm sure you're intimately aware of now um but for someone to actually go out and do this uh i think it's awesome so I, i'm really looking forward to to seeing the show so we i mean one of the things we we always saw odd up as a, a bigger company than just ratings it was always a you know a, a conglomerate of multiple facets of it and tv was always something that we looked at um and you know we've now gone to tv ads and you'll see them in india you see us on papers and and so forth and one of the things we looked at is ultimately you know how can we build a brand that appeals to multiple people, but it also is something that people can get educated in, mm-hmm. you know, because, you know, 
my mum asks this question all the time, what do you do? And I say, I work with technologies, <laughs> I work with computers. And her response is, can you fix my laptop? Yeah. Um, and that's a, and we're still at that stage where a lot of people, particularly that, you know, Bitcoin is so far ahead. Startups in themselves is they're just using Uber and Airbnb for the first time. And they're lucky enough to use, you know, Amazon. Mm-hmm. And so there's so much education to do. And so I think part of what we do is, you know, we see startups, we see crypto as now we see startups is it's all education and people will start using it over the next few years so rather than a new asset class it's just a way of life and if we can educate people we will absolutely uh so unicorn hunt is um is coming out rolling out 2019 aluva what's your plans for that uh, well, we want to have a huge pr- product launch. I think that's the key thing. We're, we're all about the product. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, one thing I've learned, uh, particularly as I'm watching a lot of other crypto projects, is that they've been very big on hype, not enough on action. And, you know, we we always made, our, you know, the ecosystem about product, building a product. If the product's not good, better, make, make better, make it better, make it better. And so, you know, one of the things that we're looking at is sort of, how we can change the investment landscape, how we can make it very easy, sort of the UX is better. Um, but, you know, ultimately getting the community as part of that as, and being an integral part of, mm-hmm. you know, what our goals are for Aluva. Uh, we'll launch, uh, we'll, we'll go live early into Q, Q1 2019. Um, people will be able to write, rate mine very quickly after that. And, uh, and ultimately, when we look forward, we want to be very interesting and ultimately people having access to, you know, the companies that they rate, what else can they do with? that and right. so i'll stop there because there's lots of exciting things that we want to go to but um we want to find a way that you know we can make that ecosystem not just about rating but also about participating and being right. part of you know a startup's journey or a, a blockchain company's journey it's a very very clever way to pull people into the ecosystem initially and then if you have that like you said like the the analogy you gave of the airline miles being able to use in different parts i think it's it's brilliant i think it's it's going to be very successful um James, thanks so much for your time. Thank for, you for coming and uh, and sitting with me and um, talking about your businesses. Uh, I have two final questions for you. Um, the second to last one is uh, is a bit of advice. You know, I mean, I think that there's a lot of you mentioned there's a lot of talent that's being brought over from traditional banking and finance and this sort of thing are now being pulled into the crypto uh, space, which is which is a it, it it's a it's a bullish signal for me because I think that um, the smart people are are making that transition over. Um, if you had some a piece of advice for someone that is trying to get into the space, maybe uh, is is allured by some an ICO project that they found that is building a decentralized team, um, you know, what's some advice that you could give them? Maybe some red flags of, of certain projects they shouldn't join, um, or in general, you know, maybe someone's working at at Goldman for 15 years and and is and sees the writing on the wall because I think that everyone's has consensus that that industry is only going one direction mm. um and and crypto uh has a much higher trajectory i think that if you if you if you believe in blockchain technology so uh a couple pieces of advice would be great james sure um uh if i look at you know if i look at crypto and blockchain projects as i look at startup projects um the first thing i always say to founders is build something people want um they may not want it yet and you may be, you know, so focused on it, but look at a problem and solve it. And if the blockchain uh, solution is what's going to solve that problem, do it. And the same thing is like when I, you know, we should give advice about people building an iOS app, you know, is mobile the right way or should they have a website? And the same thing applies for mm. a blockchain project. But if, you know, I've seen heaps of people get in the space 
for the wrong reasons versus the right reasons. And I think the wrong reasons are that it's all about the money. And that's when price becomes the issue and, the, and that becomes crypto versus blockchain. Right. But all the successful companies I've seen in the blockchain space as well as the startup space have built a product but, and, and people have joined a team and a company where they see a great future with. It's not going to be easy. Startups are never easy, but over time they're going to build something. And at the end of the day, they can look back and go, I built something. And mm -hmm. that's one of the things I give advice from, you know, I, I loved Goldman I loved, and JP Morgan and the people I met. But if I look back at one of the worst things I think about my time was, was those meetings that meant nothing now. Right. And so I spent a lot of hours in meetings that meant nothing. Um, and, but every single thing of a startup, if you make one small decision, that can ultimately change the game of a company, which could be life changing. Mm -hmm. So that's where I always say that you've got it. You can make a difference. Um, but for young people who are there, you know, I like to say get beaten around by a corporate first because then you appreciate how good a startup is. <laughs> great advice. Great advice. Um, last question is, uh, where's the best place people can find you, follow you, learn about Adup, Unicorn Hunt, Aluva, uh, James Giancati? Well, I, I mean, all those all those <laughs> at uh, symbols on uh, on Twitter. So at James Giancati, at Aluva, at Adup Ratings. Um, I'm active on LinkedIn um, and uh, also active on sort of uh, you know other mediums as well core as well um, people can find it don't be shy to ask a question I'm happy to help founders um, and you know please sort of we love feedback from people and I love also helping founders you know why so been there done that and I don't want them to make the same silly mistakes I made mm. Awesome. Well, thanks again for your time, James. And uh, we're really, really excited for for to see what to see how you guys uh, grow. Um, we're definitely going to keep you guys on the radar, and we'll probably do a follow up uh, podcast. You could be the three peat, the first three peat. Uh, oh, I'm excited! Guest on, on the J Kim <laughs> show uh, in a year's time because I think that 2019 is going to be a huge year for you guys. So, uh, best of luck, and uh, and and we look forward to seeing how you guys grow. Always a pleasure, Jake. All right, take care. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. All of the show notes and links can be found over at jkimshow.com. Come back often and don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss the next exciting episode of The J. Kim Show. As always, I'd love to hear your questions, comments, or future guest suggestions. You can find me on Twitter at jkimmer. That's J-A-Y-K-I-M-M-E-R. See you in the next episode.